We've been doing a series on, uh, on how we can know the will of God. And uh, last week, uh, Pastor Chloe uh, uh, brought a great message on, um, on uh, being on, on your conscience. Thank you. I was listening. They are, by the way, they're now on Spotify. Is that right? And on face on YouTube, on Facebook. What else are they on, Tip? Apple Podcasts and all that. So um, we've been focusing on a bit about, uh, a lot on uh, actually the condition of our heart because your heart, your spirit is the main way which the Holy Spirit will speak to you. It's the foundational way that the Holy Spirit will speak to you uh, in, in that it, the Holy Spirit will always speak to your heart no matter what other ways there are. So, and Chloe last week mentioned on uh, always keeping a soft conscience towards God because your conscience is the voice of your spirit. And when you go against your conscience, it becomes callous. The scriptures say it becomes callous. It becomes hardened towards God. You find it very hard to hear. And also it was uh, walk, walking in the light that you have. God expects us, if we have illumination or revelation from the scripture, he expects us to walk in that. And uh, if any parents among us, you know, when uh, if you're giving your children some instructions on living life and what to do and you've given them the first instructions, you know very often you don't give them the second instruction till after they've done the first instruction. And there's very good reason for that. And so there's good reasons that God has to expect us to walk in the light that we have. Why would he tell us step number five or six when we're ignoring step number one? So if we have revelation from the scripture, we've got from God's word illuminated to us we know we know it's in the word and we don't obey it we are not walking in the light that we have and when we're not walking in the light that opens us up to deception opens us up to darkness the Bible talks about so you're addressing the condition of our heart and I would recommend if you weren't here last week or you'd like to listen to that again go back and listen to it it was a great word Scripture reading this morning was from John chapter 14. And Jesus is preparing his disciples for his exit. Uh, exit from the earth in, in the flesh, like you said, in the flesh. Talking about Jesus is here in the spirit, is here literally. But in the flesh, he was leaving. And they, of course, had been with him for the better part of three years. And he had been to them a counselor, a comforter, an advocate, a standby. He had been these things to him, to them. And you can imagine uh, the fear and trepidation that would start to come over them when he said that I'm going away. But he said to them to fear not, for I am sending another helper. Another helper means someone just like me. Someone who will be to you what I have been to you. A comforter, a standby, a counselor, a helper, an intercessor. And he said this other helper, if you've got the, uh, if you've got the ladies version, I mean the amplified version of the Bible, you'll see, I think there's like, eight or nine words that is used to describe, and some of them are used in different translations as well, where he says, uh, 
I will bring, give you a comforter, a helper, a standby, an intercessor, a counselor, just like I have been to you. Who knows, this is a rhetorical question, so I'm not expecting an answer, but who knows that Jesus didn't go to the trouble of laying down his life, paying for our sin, opening up the gateways to heaven, ripping the court, the, 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 uh, the uh, temple partition, giving free access to heaven, to our Father, the Bible says, so that we can go boldly into the presence of God, just for a little ordinary change in the way we relate to God. Just what, what's just marginal change? It was a foundational, fundamental change that was laid open for how we relate to God. And the word prophesies this change. It says, the day is coming when I will write my word on your heart. So in this new covenant, everyone has access to the Holy Spirit abiding with us, living in us, speaking to our heart. All right? And the Holy Spirit's role is to be exactly what Jesus was, intercessor, counselor, to give us advice, a standby, an advocate. And the Holy Spirit's role is, part of the Holy Spirit's role is to speak to our heart. Now, if you've got your Bibles with you, just open please to Romans chapter 8, and we'll read from verse 14, and we've taken this really as our foundational scripture for this series of messages. We are talking about how we can know the will of God, and in today in particular, I'm going to talk about uh, methods in which the Holy Spirit speaks to us and another way of preparing our heart. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14, it says, For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And we've said it a few times, sometimes it's helpful to read the sentence backwards. All right? And so it says, The sons of God are to be led by the Spirit of God, and it's available to all of us. If you are a child of God, the Holy Spirit is available to lead you personally. And then it goes on to say in verse 16, it says, For the Spirit himself testifies or bears witness to our spirit that we are the children of God. This is the fundamental way, the essential way, the foundational way which God leads all of his children. He bears witness or testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And in this most elementary and most important of leadings, that you are my child, he relies on bearing witness or testimony with our spirit. God is not an absentee father. The new covenant was for him to abide with us and to dwell with us, to be in us and to speak to our hearts. In the, in the old covenant, uh, the Holy Spirit was on and occasionally in, but on anointed some people and they had an office 
like the king and the prophet. And the prophet's office was to bring direction to the nation, light and direction. The New Testament prophet is very different. We'll talk more about it in a little while. Because the Bible doesn't say as many as are led by the prophets of God are the sons of God. It says as many as are led by the spirits of God, the spirit of God are the sons of God, for the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God. And a lot of us has transferred over into the new covenant, an old covenant understanding of being led in which we go up and we look for guidance from here and we look from God and we go to that seer and we go to that person. Why did Jesus bother to die for us and to rent it open so that we could come into his presence, pour his Holy Spirit in us if I've got to go over there to find out what the will of God is? When Linda and I uh, were first engaged, uh, she was over here on a, on a, a ministry holiday. She was ministering. I was working for a church down in Canberra, and we met, and, uh, you know, I could... She's not here at the moment. She's in there, so I could really tell the full story. But nevertheless, it was, there was a, a courtyard outside of Woden Plaza in Canberra, and it was across the courtyard. The sun actually was rising behind her golden hair, and it glowed, all right? Well, she was only there for about nine, ten days. We got engaged in that time. I did wait to tell our parents till we were actually engaged about day seven. I waited to day nine to tell our parents. You don't want to rush into these things, do you? <laughs> 35 years later this year. Uh, nevertheless, she lived in New Zealand. And uh, at, back in those days, some of you wouldn't know what those days were like, but uh, if you were to phone long distance, it was like, a couple of dollars a, a couple of dollars a minute. Now you've got to understand a couple of dollars would take the whole family to McDonald's. <laughs> You'd still have enough left over to buy a car. And, and the f- first week or so when she was back, I racked up like a thousand dollars in phone bills. And a thousand dollars was a lot of money. thousand dollars was like uh, three, four weeks' work. So we started writing letters. Now you understand when you write letters, letters are those things you write on them and you lick the envelope, put them on there, put a stamp on it, and you go to a letterbox and you put, drop it in. And it took a week to get to Auckland, New Zealand, and then it took a week to come back. Nowadays it takes a week to get from Brisbane to here. But I had to wait all that time uh, to, to, now, uh, we all love Linda. We all love Linda, don't we? Can I tell you a secret, though, about Linda? It's going to be on record now. She's not the best letter writer. So sometimes I'd be writing a letter, and I'd be sending three or four letters before I got one back. Okay. Are you even there? You know? God is not a long-distance Father. The Holy Spirit is not a long-distance Holy Spirit. He plans and purposes to live and dwell in us. All right? So, the primary way the Holy Spirit speaks to our spirit, the Holy Spirit himself testifies of our spirit that we are the Son of God. We talked a little bit, and I don't want to get caught up in this, but New Testament prophecy is not Old Testament prophecy. 
there are similarities. New Testament prophets are not Old Testament prophets. The Bible is very clear. New Testament prophecy is for edification, exhortation, and consolation. All right? And in those passages, and you can read them Romans 10, uh, sorry, Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 to 14, the Bible actually separates out prophecy from other things like illumination, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, revelation, revelation, apocalypto, the unveiling of things unknown. I mentioned separate, separate to New Testament prophecy. Now, prophets will have an element, they'll offer an, operate in what the Bible calls a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge, which is to know things revealed to you which cannot be known in the natural or to know things in the future that are going to happen that cannot be known in the natural. But nowhere in the New Testament will you find a prophet or a prophecy or a prophet actually giving direction to a person as to what they are to do. All right? They give light. Sometimes there's light. A word of wisdom, a word of knowledge gives light to the situation. So Agabus, the famous prophet, everyone knows Agabus? That's not a rhetorical question. Put your hands up if you know it. <laughs> Thank you. Agabus, I think it's uh, Acts 11 and then again in Acts 20. In the first time we meet Agabus, he's a prophet, and he prophesies the famine is coming. Okay? He doesn't, there's no indication in there that he actually tells them what to do. He operates in what the Bible calls a word of wisdom, that something is coming which you don't know about. And then the Bible says, and they determined what, they were to set aside. So even when there is a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge from a prophet in a prophecy, God will still lead in your heart what are you to do. It is not your business. God doesn't, God doesn't go to my next door neighbor to tell me about being led. And then you'll see Agabus again, Acts chapter 20, I think, uh, where Paul is coming back. He's on his way to Jerusalem he gets another word of, a word of wisdom again because it's what's going to happen in the future and he binds him up and he says to him, when you go to Jerusalem, when you go to Jerusalem, this is what's going to happen. Paul already knew in his heart. He said, don't, don't test me like that. And in fact, in some ways, the leading which they took from that uh, tried to stop him from going against the will of God. Okay, so not to, I, I not to belittle New Testament prophets, but we are all priests and prophets now. We have free access to God. So prophets have a very real place in the church. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge will operate through them. But they are not to tell you how to run your life. And if there is any guidance, element of guidance, you must first have it or check it within you here, all right? So uh, we are to be led, the, the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God. Now, there's three, uh, well, before we get into th three, three main ways the Holy Spirit will lead us. One is the in, inward witness. Two is the witness of the Holy Spirit. And three is the voice of the Holy Spirit, okay? That voice of the Holy Spirit is more often normally, uh, normally uh, operating inside you. If discerning of spirits is operating, you may hear it on the outside or others may hear it, all right? But they're the three main ways. But I will say this just to continue with what uh, 
Pastor Chloe went last week. We are responsible to grow up in God. And we are responsible to learn to hear the voice of God. And there's a number of ways that we're to do that. So in 1 Peter, I'll just see if I... So 1 Peter 2, verse 2, you can write that down. It's coming up there. That's good. Uh, The Apostle Peter says this, For like newborn babes, we are to long for the pure milk of the word, that we may grow whereby with respect to salvation. So the, the main way that we can grow so that we can hear and recognize the voice of God is to be accustomed to God's word. Because who knows, God's word is logos, is the main voice of God. And, and we get to recognize the voice of God if we can recognize the word of God. Have you ever been reading, I'm sure you have, been reading through the scriptures and something jumps up at you and you go and there's a, an illumination of the scripture and you get to hear God, it jumps to life in you and they, you're hearing the voice of God through the scriptures. And if we get used to hearing the voice of God, we'll be able to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's the same voice. It's a little bit like, and we'll talk about this in a minute. It's, and then in, in James it says, it says, uh, let the word indwell in you richly so that you may grow thereby with respect to salvation. Now, I'm not talking about a a head knowledge, fill up to your head, get your PhD type knowledge. I'm talking about you've sat down, you sit down with your Bible, and you say, Lord, speak to me, and you open it, and you close your eyes. No, no, I'm not talking about it like that. (laughs) And you read it, and you meditate on it, and like God said to Joshua, meditate on it day and night. When we hear the voice of the Word, that is the voice of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, He will bring to remembrance what I have told you. In fact, I believe from the scriptures that God will not lead you beyond the revelation of the word of God that you have. He will first bring to light that word. Now, when you think about that, you say to me, Pastor Grant, have you got scripture for that? Thank you, Chloe. I'm glad you asked. Actually, uh, in Romans chapter 14, Paul is talking about ministering to people who, who in their faith, he calls them weak of faith or young in faith, who don't, you haven't yet come to the understanding that you can eat meat without being, uh, becoming unclean. So he says to them, rather than offend their conscience, don't eat meat when you're with them. Because above all else, your conscience is how you relate to God. And it's much better that they don't... We had oyster steak last night. We had... Linda got four nice oyster steaks. Elise has gone down to stay with a friend. And uh, she was leaving at about 7 o'clock. So I deliberately didn't put the oyster steak on until after she left. I was going to wait to see if she asked what's for dinner. Praise God, she didn't ask what's for dinner. But they see, those people will never have that joy of a, of a seared and, you know, they never have it. But it was available to them. But the Apostle Paul said, don't eat it when you're with them because, first of all, they need to get that illumination within them. All right? 
Well, there's three, three ways, primary ways, that the voice, the voice of the Holy Spirit will recognize in our hearts. So the verse, first one, I'll start with the most obvious but the least frequent, all right? And that is the, the, the voice of the Holy Spirit. So in uh, Acts chapter 13, verse 1 to 4, it talks about, and you can flip there and you can get it up there if you can get it up there. Uh, so in the church in Antioch, there were prophets and there were teachers and they were praying and fasting as to what to do. And then the Bible says, the Holy Spirit said to them, set, set apart for me uh, Saul, uh, sorry, Silas and Saul for the work of the ministry that I have called them to. Now, we do not know if that was audible, but we know that it was clear enough for them to give a well-defined explanation of what the Holy Spirit said. And so we call this uh, the voice of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit speaking clearly. It doesn't happen a lot in anyone's life. There's only a few occasions that we, we see it in the book of Acts. It doesn't happen a lot. And it's not, you're not to seek it because... God is not the only voice in the world, all right? And sometimes when it does happen, uh, it's because there are hard times ahead for them. So Paul and Silas really needed a clear understanding, and it was quite clear to the people as they were praying. I have told you the story of how uh, back in 1983, I was riding a motorcycle to a, a prac placement down at Coffs Harbour, and just before I left to go, I had this un, just this uneasy sense in me. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't shouldn't go, shouldn't do that, right? And on the way back up from Dorigo on the Dorigo Highway, I ran smack at full speed, smack headlong into a 1976 Kingswood, which, if you know, they're built like tanks. So I hit the front of it, flew over, and landed on my backside. Thought I was dead and I realized I was still alive. I got taken to hospital just to be checked on. All I had was a bruised knee. But while I was in hospital, I heard a very distinct voice. So much so that I actually thought it was audible. I heard, you are not your own. You have been bought with a price. And that has stayed at various critical stages in my life when I've wanted to give up, when things have been coming against me. That has come back to me how God saved me from a head-on collision with a Kingswood. Actually, I just had a bruised knee. A friend of mine says the angel picked you up, carried you over, put you on the ground and kicked you in the knee for being stupid. <laughs> but I can remember that, that distinct voice, all right? So that's the voice of the Holy Spirit. The second way in which the Holy Spirit will often lead us specifically is the witness of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is referred to in Acts chapter 13. Sorry, in Acts chapter... Um, let's go to Acts chapter 15, if you may. So this is the council of... Do you think we should cast something out of those birds? <laughs> now you'll all hear it. Half of you are not hearing it. <laughs> it wasn't white noise, it was... noise. But nevertheless, this is an important juncture in the church. It was a very important thing, decision had to be made because the gospel was going out to the Gentiles and they wanted to know how should we deal with these Gentiles. And, and so they wanted to, they prayed and they sought, they sought illumination. Paul went down to Jerusalem. They had a big meeting 
And you would expect with something as important as this that perhaps a bolt of lightning would come out of heaven and hit and write on tablets what was to be the decision. You'd expect that, wouldn't you? However, we are in the new covenant now. Aren't you glad that you don't have to put bolts of lightning out there or put fleeces out there and see if it rains? Or you don't have to because you have the Holy Spirit in you. And so we've got that verse there. Did I have a particular verse? I think I did. I forget which one it was. But James gets up to speak and he says this. He says, For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Interesting. Well, I think it's interesting. Maybe if I say it enough. Interesting. That's interesting, James. Isn't it interesting? That's interesting. Are you interested? It says in Romans 8, The Spirit bears witness with our spirit. So this is the secondary way which the Holy Spirit will speak to us. He will bear rather than just... And this, when you're getting specific direction about specific things, this is actually the primary way He leads you something outside of your knowledge. All right? And here they are. It says, It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. I heard one preacher talk about this, and he said, We need as Christians, we need to develop our seamers. So when we've got a clear conscience, we're walking in the light, we're responding, we develop our seamers so we can say, it seems good to the Holy Spirit and it seems good to me. And that is another interesting expression because we are partners in life with God. We're partners in life with God. So our spirit has an opinion, our mind has an opinion, our flesh has an opinion. Who knows that your flesh has an opinion and has a will that is very often quite different to what you know to be right and what you know to be the will of God. Is it just me? I don't see many. Thank you, brother. <laughs> now, we're going to have an altar call for liars after this. We have our, 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 our flesh has a voice and our mind, our mind has a voice. That's our emotions, the soul. Thessalonians says that I pray that you will be preserved spirit, soul, and body. The Bible says the Word of God is, is a sharp, is, is a two-edged sword, able to divide between the soul and the spirit. Your soulish arena is your emotions, your mind. Your spiritual arena is your heart, which is born again. So your heart has a voice, and it says it seemed good to us. So when... Generally, you'll find with the Apostle Paul's writings and, uh, and other places in scriptures, when it's saying me or it's saying us, it's talking about, uh, often it's talking about their spirit. The Paul says, if I die, I will go to be with the Lord. He's talk we need to become more spirit conscious than we are emotional conscious and we are mind conscious and we are flesh conscious. We need to develop our sema. We need to walk according to our conscience, walk according to the light that we have. We need to train our heart up in the Word of God so we can recognize His voice when we hear it. So here it says it's... <laughs> it says, is that your child? Is that your child on Facebook? <laughs> He's a great help. You're a great help, Addy. You're a blessing. It says, uh, back there, it says, it seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit... Believe me, it says it. It seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit. So that is the witness of the Holy Spirit. 
in our hearts, which is the second way. But then the primary way in which you will always lead us is the voice of your spirit. Your spirit has a voice. And, and uh, very often it, it just... There's actually, it's, it's got, you can get a negative feeling, you can get a positive feeling, and feeling's the wrong word. Um, it, it actually says, uh, it says, James says, it seemed good to me. You know, Luke chapter, um, anyone heard of the Gospel of Luke? So Luke was a historian. I just like to get a little bit of affirmation that you're still awake. Anyone heard of the Gospel of Luke? Thank you, Saroah. All right. So the Gospel of Luke was written by Luke, which is... You can't always assume that. So the, so the gospel is written by Luke, and he says at the start of it, he says, it's, he says now you, we know from Timothy that all Scripture is inspired by God. True? All Scripture is God-breathed. It's inspired by God. So who believes, who believes with me and agrees with me, rhetorical question, don't need to answer, that the Holy Spirit inspired Luke to write the gospel of Luke? I do. It's in the Bible, and so the Holy Spirit inspired him. So Luke was led by the Holy Spirit to write the Gospel of Luke. Well, in Luke 1, verse 3, very good, it seemed fitting. Well done, Eddie. It said, it seemed fitting for me as well, having investigated everything carefully from the beginning, to write out for you consecutive order, the most, most excellent Theophilus. It seemed fitting for me. It seemed Luke was going on a Holy Spirit leading and the voice of his own spirit where it seemed to him right to do. And we know, you know, you can imagine the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, talking with the Father and Jesus. He said, you know, we've got, the, we've got this gospel, we've got that gospel, but we really need something that probably the world's best historian writes out in real historical order for all the skeptics. So let's get the bestest first century historian that it is and let, I'll go down and I'll chat with Luke. I'll speak to his spirit and say, write a gospel, historical record. And so Luke, it must have happened something. It might just like, it might just, it must have happened something like this. He's just he, he thinking, I think, I think I need to write, I think I'll just write it out properly in full record carefully from the beginning and that's how we got it because it seemed right in his heart now this seema that we have it can have a positive and and the scriptures say this it seemed pleasing so a positive lead is pleasing it seemed pleasing now, I don't mean that pleasing in a fleshly way, you know, like McDonald's burger. I mean pleasing and, yeah, it's right. But then there's a negative witness where it just, it just feels awkward. It just doesn't seem right. Now, we need to be careful with that because we really need to judge what we're feeling because if we're feeling fearful or not feeling peaceful, there's no excuse to feel, well, there's reasons but we shouldn't feel lack of peace or we shouldn't feel fearful. We're to let the peace of God rule in our heart. We're to cast down fears. And, and we get this anxious feeling. Let's judge ourselves. All right? Now, I can remember, as I've told you before, that leaving, goodness me, 
leaving uh, Bible college at, at, after year one with $200 in the bank, rent, kids' school fees, and no job, and saying to Linda, we need to pack up and go back to Australia. And I was being led by this, it felt uneasy, but it was fear. And then when I settled myself down, I said, no, I believe you supply all my needs. I believe, and I, Father, and I prayed this, I said, Father, if it's your will, I know you will provide. And down there, there was then this, this little sense of uneasiness about going home. So I knew it was right. In John, in, um, it's our last scripture on this. In Mark chapter 2, verse 8. And uh, the Pharisees are there arguing with Jesus or arguing in their head. It says here, immediately Jesus became aware in his spirit. Jesus became aware in his spirit what they were reasoning. Now, this is what, what the Bible calls a word, of, a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. Word of knowledge is things you couldn't know that are happening now. Words of wisdom, uh, more how and why in the future to deal with things. But the fact of the matter is Jesus got this leading in his spirit. Now, Jesus uh, had never sinned, so his heart hadn't become callous to the Holy Spirit like ours had, especially before salvation. So the primary way that we'll always be led, Romans 8, chapter 16, his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are sons of God. Now, if there's other ways, uh, if there's prophetic words, and they can be valid, the Bible says you ought to judge them. And if there's words of wisdom, words of knowledge, do not despise those, okay? But always, always he will lead us in here in our hearts and we're to judge any word that comes our way by what we know to be true from the scripture and how he's leading us in our heart i'm believing that we'll all learn to be led by the holy spirit we need to desire to do the will of god jesus said he said to them if you want to know the will of god you will know the will of god we need to desire to know the will of God for our life. And we pray, pray that prayer, I pray it, pray that prayer. Say, Lord, I desire to know thy will, and I desire to be obedient. You know, like, if you're anything like me, there's times you really don't want to be obedient. Am I the only one? <laughs> <laughs> However, we can want to want to be obedient, can't we? <laughs> you know, I don't always want to be obedient, but God, I want to be good. <laughs> I want to want to be obedient, and he'll answer that prayer. We can know the voice of God by listening to our spirit, our born-again spirit that's trained in the word, that we're walking according to our conscience and walking in that light we have, and that is a promise of God we need to claim. We need to claim that.